Hello, I'm Blaine McCormick from the Hand Camera School of Business at Baylor University. Welcome back to the Colonial Business School with Dr. Benjamin Franklin, where we focus on Franklin's well-known maxims and how they apply to business. Franklin taught the Colonial Business School through a variety of printed media channels like his almanacs, his newspaper, and his autobiography. This lesson focuses on Franklin's groundbreaking philanthropy work. In his 1757 Poor Richard's Almanac, Franklin noted that great almsgiving lessens no man's living. Franklin practiced a robust volunteerism and was a champion of philanthropy or charitable giving. What separates great almsgiving from average almsgiving? Franklin's life suggests that greatness is less a matter of the amount given and more a matter of how the gift is structured. We'll look at two of his gifts in this lesson, one where Franklin demonstrates how matching grants can double the size of a gift, and another that uses the power of compound interest to multiply the initial gift many times over. The healthcare system as we know it today did not exist in colonial America. In fact, the urban wealthy were about the only ones who could afford to have a physician visit their home. If you were poor or lived in the countryside, you either treated yourself or continued to suffer from your ailment. In 1751, Franklin helped champion an effort to build the first hospital in colonial America, and here's how he did it. Leveraging his position in the Pennsylvania Assembly, he passed a bill stating that if the hospital advocates could raise 2,000 pounds sterling, an extraordinarily large sum of money at the time, the Pennsylvania government would match the gift with another 2,000 pounds sterling. The legislators voted yes, assuming that it couldn't be done. Franklin and his fellow advocates fervently collected gifts, noting that all gifts could be doubled in value. And the result? They succeeded in raising 2,000 pounds sterling, and the Pennsylvania government kept its word and matched the gift. A temporary hospital opened in 1752, and a more permanent building started admitting patients in 1756. An inscription on the cornerstone noted that the building succeeded by the bounty of the government and of many private persons. Many years later, Franklin noted in his autobiography, I do not remember any of my political maneuvers, the success of which at the time gave me more pleasure. If you think that's impressive, Franklin was just getting warmed up. In his 1748 writing, Advice to a Young Tradesman, written by an old one, Franklin shared the following investment wisdom. Remember that money is of a prolific generating nature. Money can beget money, and its offspring can beget more, and so on. Franklin put this idea into practice in his last will and testament. In that document, Franklin outlined a creative and powerful gift to his two favorite cities, his hometown of Boston and his beloved Philadelphia. At the event of his death, each city should receive 1,000 pounds sterling to remain untouched and be invested for 100 years at 5% interest. At the end of the first century, the compounded 5% interest from the original principal should be worth over 131,000 pounds sterling. The city could then take out 100,000, reinvest the remaining 31,000 at 5% for another 100-year cycle, and end up with over 4 million pounds sterling at the end of the second century. And how did those investments turn out? Well, I've converted things into U.S. dollars for this illustration. Boston took the original $5,000 gift and ended up with $5 million two centuries later. They used the money to start and fund a trade school, the Benjamin Franklin Institute of Technology. Philadelphia experienced less success, but they ended up with about $2.3 million, which they used to fund the Franklin Institute, the city's excellent science museum and education center. 
The business-minded Franklin set a standard for charitable giving that continued throughout American history. 18th century business luminaries like Andrew Carnegie and John D. Rockefeller followed his example. Carnegie even went so far as to claim the man who dies rich dies disgraced. 20th century entrepreneurs like HP's David Packard or Microsoft's Bill Gates continue to have robust philanthropy programs just like Franklin. In fact, money from Packard's foundation helps fund the online edition of the Franklin Papers at franklinpapers.org. So remember, great almsgiving lessens no man's living, a lesson Franklin modeled in his life and even at his death. Thanks for joining us for the Colonial Business School. To learn more about Franklin's business year, see my book, Ben Franklin, America's Original Entrepreneur. It's a modern adaptation of Franklin's autobiography, written especially for today's business reader. Or to dig even deeper into Franklin's life and legacy, join the Friends of Franklin at www.friendsoffranklin.org, an organization dedicated to fellowship, learning, and the spirit of Benjamin Franklin.